Jeremy Camp uh, wrote that song and sang that song. I believe it was after his wife had passed away. And as he was searching for guidance in his life and not understanding what had happened to basically losing his wife at a very young age, this song comes up, I will live by faith. I will live by faith. Even though my road has been broken, I still will live by faith. That is what we're all supposed to do, is live by faith. When we don't understand where the road is taking us or the road seems to be blocked, I can promise you that if you're a born-again believer, God is already walking in front of you. He's already walking beside you, and He's walking behind you to protect you. And I would suggest to you today that that is something that you could really begin every morning praying, if you just would. God, walk in front of me as I, as I live my life. God, walk beside me and prop me up when I'm starting to fall. And God, protect me from the back, from all the enemies and all the evil ones that are out there. God, just walk in front, beside, and behind me. And I'll just give you all the glory because of that. What a great way to start a day by praying that before you ever get out of bed. Clarence, would you lead us in prayer, please? Clarence. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Clarence, for that reminder of why we really are here. Thank you, Clarence. We'll be in Colossians 1 if you would like to turn there. Um, This was kind of the message I was going to bring last week. Uh, I've had to tweak it a little bit, but that's okay, because I believe God's Word is timeless. And I believe there's a reason why we weren't allowed to meet last Sunday. And I believe there's a reason why we're going to hear this message today. Colossians 1, and we'll be in uh, starting in verse 9, 10, and 11, and we get there. Today is January the 9th. I don't need a show of hands, but I'm just curious about how many of you guys have broken your New Year's resolution? Let me ask you this one. This pertains to me. How many have not started your New Year's resolution yet? That'd be me. <laughs> I'm going to get on that one of these days. I'm going, to, I'm going to get there. You know, we all make those kinds of resolutions slash maybe commitments. And I don't know about you, but it's always this year it's going to get done. I just feel good about that. We're going to get this thing done. And yet we know, do we not, that the Spirit is willing But the flesh is weak most of the time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Today I want to challenge you, if you would, for another New Year's resolution. And I'm even going to call it not just so much a resolution, but a New Year's 
commitment. And I want to give you three things today, and all three of those three things apply to one new commitment for a new year. So that's what we're going to be looking at in in Colossians there. I can tell you that this uh, New Year's resolution or commitment I'm going to give to you comes straight from God's Word. Comes straight from God's Word. It is very doable through God's strength. And I can promise you it will reap eternal rewards and it definitely will please the Lord. What other resolution do you need to make? What other commitment do you need to make as a believer? So we're going to look at that today, and hopefully we can pull something out of here. Colossians 1, starting in verse 9. Let's read those verses, please. It says, For this reason also, since the day we have heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you. This is Paul writing this to this church. Paul has never been to this church. He doesn't know these people of this church. But he is uh, writing them this letter. And, and, and he says in here, We have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I can, I can tell you for the last two weeks I have been praying these verses over this church. Just like Paul prayed over the church of Colossae, I've been praying these verses. That you will be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Verse 10, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened by all power according to his glorious might. For the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the, to the Father. I think the first thing that we can see, and I don't want to pull out of these verses, and the first part of maybe this new resolution, a new commitment that I would love for you to have, it says in verse 9, he says, that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. That you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. Obviously, the first step, if you are a person that wants to be filled with the knowledge of His will, you must have already accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You must have already repented of your sins and asked Him to come into your heart and have trusted Him to, make, to be your Lord and to be your Savior because you will never be able to be filled with the knowledge of God unless you have really, truly been born again. So the first step in really knowing God's will or being filled in the knowledge of God's will is to have already accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. That word filled, that Lord filled, that word filled means to be controlled by. Okay, so if you just read it again, it says to be controlled with the knowledge of his will. That's what Paul's praying, to be controlled by the knowledge of his will. And you you understand that. I mean, if you are filled with anger and bitterness and hatred, you are, in a sense, being controlled by those emotions, are you not? You are filled with those emotions. You are controlled with those emotions. If you are filled with the Spirit, you are being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says it this way, Walk in the Spirit, and you will not give in to the desires of the flesh. See, Paul is praying, Paul is praying for these guys that you'll be filled with the knowledge of God. Not just to be know, knowing something about God, 
but to be filled with the knowledge of God. What a, what a great prayer that is. Over these people, over the congregation, over other believers. He says, I want you not just to know God's will. But I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will. I want you to be controlled by the knowledge of his will. I want you to know his will. And I want his will to control or to fill your every being. You see, God's will is not just a specific aspect of your life. See, knowing God's will is not something just specific. It is your whole scope of of who you are. And sometimes we forget that as Christians. As Christians, we, 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 we take our faith and we, we take God's word and we take his will in our lives and, and, and we're kind of like, like a truck and a trailer. We attach a trailer back behind us. And that is our faith and that's our Christian life and that's our God's will and all that kind of stuff. And, and when we need something from God, we go around to the back of the trailer and, and we get it and take it and, and we're filled for just a little bit. And, 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 and then we go about living our lives like, like nobody else. That we just do our own thing and something pops up in our life. Well, I need to go back to this trailer again and get something out of there. And that's not the way the Christian life is. When we are looking at God's will, it is our total being. It is who we are. It's not an attachment to us. It is who we are. Don't ever forget that. You see, when we look at God's will and what God's will means to us, it should affect everything that we say. God's will should affect everything that we do, that we think, that we even imagine. All ought to be wrapped around God's will for our lives. I'm going to tell you in just a second how to get that. It also should affect what we, uh, what we can imagine. It affects our behavior. It affects our conduct. God's will should affect every decision that you ever make. Every de- decision that you make should be wrapped around in God's will. God's will also should affect how we act and react. And God's will also should give us a direction in life. You see, Paul is praying. He said, I don't want you just to know a little bit about God. I want you to be filled with the knowledge of God. Because I want it to affect the way you live. And the way you talk. And the way you act. And the decisions that you make. And the direction of life that you're going. God's will in your life must affect that born again believer. And Paul is praying that for these people. I want you to be filled with the knowledge so it has a, con- a control over your life. And you live a life according to that. You know, God in this Bible gives to us his knowledge of his will. I want to tell you, when, when God speaks in his word, that is God's will to you. Did you know that? You might not even know that. That is God's general will to us. And you go through all of this book and everything that God has spoken about this book is God's will for you, for your life. Let me give you an example there. If you, in, in, second, uh, in 1 Thessalonians, and he's going to put these up on the board, some examples of God's will for your life. And, and you might not understand this, but th- this really is. In verse 13, it says God's will for your life is to be, live in peace 
with others. It says we are to admonish the unruly in verse 14. We are to encourage the faint-hearted. We are to help the weak. We are to be patient with everyone. That is God's will for you. That's coming straight from His Word. That's what He wants us to do. Verse 15 says, No one repays evil with evil, always seeking that which is good for others. That's God's will in your life. Rejoice always, it says. That's God's will for you. Pray without ceasing. That's God's will for you. In everything, give thanks, for that's God's will for you. Do not quench the Spirit. That's God's will. Uh, Examine everything carefully. Abstain from every form of evil. You see, as we read God's Word, that's just some a few examples out of a set, a set example of verses that talks about this is God's will. This is what God's will is. And we read His Word and we gain that and we gain a hold of that. And Paul's saying, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of His will. You see, you see when God says to love your neighbor, that's God's will for you. Did you know that? When God says to forgive the unforgivable, that's God's will for you. When God says you must be born again, that's God's will for you. When God's word says flee from immorality, get away from that, run to the highest hills, that's God's will for you. When he says to carry the burdens of others, when you see somebody in need, Christian, what do you do? That's God's will for you to help come alongside people and say, I am here to be a part of whatever you are struggling with. You see, those are some examples of God's general will for your life. And Paul would say, I want you to be filled with that knowledge of his will, filled with that knowledge of his general will. God has a general will for you and I from his word. Did you know he has a specific will for you and I? He has a specific plan. And this is the one that most people uh, comes to mind when you talk about the will of God. That, man, God, I wish I knew what direction to take in the, on this issue. I wish I really knew, God, what to, what to do. Do I, do I take this job, God? Do I, where, where do I go? God, what is, what is your specific will for me? And that's probably the biggest one that we all are, are all want to know. What is that specific will? And I'm here to tell you, the more you know about God's general will, the more you know about His general will, the easier it will be to understand what His specific will is in your life. What do I do, God, if I know His general will? Specifically, it would be so much easier. Now, we're not going to go through all the steps of finding God's specific will in your life, but I'm going to give you just one of, one of those steps, okay? And that is, if you know God's Word and you're seeking direction in your life, it's easier to know what direction to go if you know what He's already told you in His general will. You know, you might have kids or grandkids, and you're thinking, man, you know, they've got a new friend they got a new friend, and, and you've heard some stories about this new friend. And, and you go, man, I, I'm not for sure I really want my, my son or my daughter hanging around with this guy or this girl. I, I've heard some stories. What do I do? Do I allow them to keep spending time with them? Or do I stop that? What do, what do I do? 
First Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, "Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals." You see, that verse is God's general will for you. And when you're deciding, am I going to let my son or my daughter, my granddaughter, to hang with some folks that, that I know their mind are really good and they're not so good, what do I do? Do I step in as a parent? What does God's general will say? Bad company corrupts good morals. That good moral person will not ever be able to change the one that has bad morals. Not going to happen. You see, that's God's general word, general will in a specific example. Well, what about this person that I want to marry? What about this person I want to date? What about this person? I'm a believer, but, but they're not. But they're really a nice person. They're really good people. And, and, and should I date them? Should I even marry them? What, I mean, what, is, what do I do, God? 2 Corinthians 6.14 says this, Do not be bound together. With unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness and lawlessness? What fellowship has light and darkness? When you're trying to decide, man, is this the one for me? And one is saved and one is not, you find God's general will for your life and He gives you a specific answer for what you're looking for. You see, that's how you apply God's, God's word and God's uh, will for you. When something comes up, you go to his word, and if you understand his word, he will give you a specific answer for that. Do I take that job on Sunday? Do I let my teenage son or t- my teenage daughter, do, do, I, do I let them go? And they need, they need the money. They need a part-time job. They need, to, they, they need a job, but, but it's Sunday. They've got to work on Sundays. Do I allow them to do that? Do I let them just do that? Exodus 28 says this, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. God said, I worked six days and I rested on the Sabbath. My seventh day is holy to me. You see, that's God's general will for you is to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And if you're wondering about your son or your daughter, do I allow them to work on Sunday? Or maybe you take a job that says, I have to work on Sunday. God's general will says what? Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Will that not give you a specific answer to that question? And the answer is very much so. He will give you a direction in your life. You see, it is very important that you know what's in God's Word. Why why am I always encouraging you to read His Word? Why did I give you two different kinds of Bible readings for this year? Why do I encourage you to come to Sunday school and come to Wednesday night and be involved in Bible study and spending time with the Lord? Why do I want you to do that? Because I'm a mean guy? No, because I look at God's Word and Paul prays this over his people. And he says, I pray that you'll be filled with the knowledge of his will. He says, I want you to be controlled by the knowledge of God's Word. Why do I want you to read His Word daily and be a part of Sunday school and be a part of learning so that you'll be filled, you'll be controlled, you'll know what His will is for your life so that when that question comes into your mind, what do I do about this in my life? 
you already know where the source of His general will is. And it is His Word. But if you have not prepared, if you have not done that, you just don't know and you're just kind of like a uh, horse with blinders. You really just don't know what to do. That's why I urge you how important it is to be in His Word. To be learning all the time. And that's one of the other things that I pray for you guys all the time is that you will have a passion for God's Word. You will have a desire to get in His Word. That you will look forward to that time of the day when you get to open His Word and you get to read maybe a chapter. And you've read one chapter and you go, Ooh, I, I kind of like Let's see what the next one says. And I pray that over you guys all the time. A passion for His Word so that you'll be filled with the knowledge. So His Word can control your life. That's my prayer for you. Study the Word. Meditate on His Word. Chew on His Word. Ponder His Word. And when you read His Word, ask the Holy Spirit to speak truth to you. One of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to give you truth from God's Word. That's what it says. That's, that's one of His jobs. I mean, he's, I mean, He's hanging around inside of you, and He's waiting for you to read His Word so, so He can go, you know what that means, Don? Let me tell you what that means. Don, I, I want to show you something, Don. You've read it a hundred times, buddy. But I want you to read it this way this time. And the Holy Spirit will do that. When you want Him to do that, that's what He wants to do. Ask. Man, if you don't understand something, ask. And He'll reveal truth to you. Oh, my first, my first resolution for you guys, and I, and I hope that you'll take the challenge, is that, that your prayer will be, I want to be filled with the knowledge of God's Word and God's will. I want to be controlled. My life wants to be controlled by knowing what God wants me to know. The second thing I think that we need to look at that I see here in verse 10, it says that so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. That word walk means to live. That you may walk or you may live in a manner worthy of the Lord. My prayer for every one of you in here for 2022 is that your life will be pleasing to the Lord. That what you do with your life brings Him glory and honor. And I pray that you will never be ashamed of the gospel. You will never be ashamed of being a Christian, to being born again. Never be ashamed that you love people that you're not supposed to love. That you forgive people that you're not supposed to forgive. You see, see, we are called to walk in a manner, live in a manner worthy of the Lord. Ephesians 4.1 says we are called to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. You see, we're going to look at verse in just a minute. You see, that is what he's called us to do. Is to walk in a manner worthy of our Lord. Ephesians 4.1 will say it this way. It says this. He says, therefore, Paul writes, I'm a prisoner of the Lord... I implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. He says, I want you to walk with all humility. Okay, here's some examples of what it means to walk in a manner worthy of the call. To live a life in humility, not with pride, not with arrogance. But understanding, 
understanding that you do not deserve salvation. You understand that? You do not deserve salvation. But God in his grace, what did he do? He gives us grace. He does not give us what we deserve. And I think uh, Paul would tell you that is part of being the humble life, knowing that we don't deserve it, but God's grace has been given to us, been bestowed on us, and that should keep us humble as we walk in this world. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling, says, I I believe that, that we walk with all humility and with all gentleness, that verse says. Not in a toughness, not that I have to have my way all the time. But walking in that manner says, I am a gentle person towards others. It says, with patience, with patience. Boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? With patience, to persevere, to be long-suffering, to not always just jump on somebody because of what they've done, but to be patient with them, to persevere with them, to be long-suffering for them. That is, walking in a manner worthy of the calling. He says that showing tolerance for one another in love. There are times when I counsel uh, couples uh, who are struggling in marriage. And one of the things I ask them is this. How much grace do you show your spouse? How much grace do you show your children? How much forgiveness do you give? You see, sometimes in, 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 in life and in marriage and just, just life itself, people do something that we don't agree with. And what do we do about it? Well, we get back at them. Now we're going to show them. And what we find in a marriage, that just don't work. <laughs> That's just not going to work. How much grace have you shown your spouse? How much grace have you shown your children? And that's what Paul is saying here. If you're going to walk in a manner worthy of your calling, he said you need to show tolerance. You need to show grace. You need to extend grace for one another in love. You need to be able to forgive those things that just don't seem right to you. That tone that she spoke to you from, offer grace. What he did that you don't agree with, you offer grace, you offer tolerance. That's what Paul is talking about in this verse. And then he says in verse 3, be diligent to preserve the unity in the spirit and the bond of peace. Don't be someone that seeds that seeks to sow seeds of disunity, of disharmony in a church body, in a family unit, among friends. If you want to walk in a manner worthy of the calling... He says this, be diligent, make it important to preserve the unity. And I pray everyone in this church does that for this church body, that we are diligently pursuing unity. That's one of the things on Wednesday night that we talked about, how, how we can pray for our church. And one of the first things that came up was praying for unity, praying that we have a bond and a closeness and a love and we keep our minds focused on Jesus Christ and not on ourselves. You see, I think that's what Paul is talking about when we are called to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. Those are some examples of that. Walking in a manner worthy of the calling means living a life of obedience. Living a life of obedience. It's practicing what you know. 
It is being filled with the knowledge of God's will and then being obedient to what you have just learned in God's will. Okay? Knowing something and then taking it and being obedient to what you have known. Knowledge of God's will without obedience has no value for the life of a Christian. Did you know that? Has no value if you're not going to be obedient to what he says. We know that God's word says we must be born again. But if we don't be obedient to that, what good is that knowledge? Not any good at all. We know it says to love and forgive and encourage others. But if I choose not to be obedient to that, what good is that? Yeah, I don't know. I know it says to flee immorality and disunity and distrust. I know, but I don't want to. What good is that knowledge? Walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. Walking in a manner worthy of your calling means that you take what you know and you are obedient to it. Do you understand that? I mean, do you get that? That you take it and you understand what it says? I mean, we take so many promises in God's Word, and we know them, but we don't ever stand on them. We don't ever believe them. We don't let them happen. What good is knowledge if you're not going to be obedient? You can memorize the whole book, the whole Bible. And 1 Corinthians 13 says, but if you don't have love, if you don't have obedience, what good is it? There's no good. So if you want to to do what God has called you to do, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. He said, you must be obedient to the things that you know. I hope that makes, makes sense to you. And then the second part of verse 3, the, the, it says this, to please Him in all respects, to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him, God, in all respects, bearing fruit for every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. To please him in all respects. It says to please him in all respects of your life. That means all respects of your life. <laughs> okay? That everything about you, what you say and what you do and what you think and what you imagine and the decisions that you make and all that list that I just read to you needs to be pleasing to the Lord. If you want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, you need to do those things that are pleasing to the Lord so you don't break that fellowship that you have. Psalm 19, 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. What a, what a prayer, what a thought. God, the things that I say, the things that I think about and meditate on, God, I pray that they are pleasing to you because you, God, are my rock and my salvation. That's what Paul's praying for that. He says, I want you to be pleasing in every aspect. And then he says, I want you to, to bear fruit in every good work. Christians, are we supposed to, to good, do good things for other people? Yes, very much so. James 2.7 tells us, Without our works, our faith is dead. 
He says, Christian, I want you to, to look at folks that have a burden, and I want you to walk up beside them and help carry that burden. If you're going to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, I want you to do those things that are pleasing to Him. I want you to do good works for other people. I want you to help them, have a burden for them, be praying for them. And then the last part of the verse, it says that you'll have a knowledge of God. Here again, he wants us to keep learning about God, increasing in our knowledge of holy God. What a great resolution this would be for a coming year, would it not? A great commitment. I, I don't like to use resolution anymore. To be, have a great commitment. That you would commit in your mind and in your heart. That it was your desire to be filled with the knowledge of God. To the knowledge of His will. So that your life can be controlled by what God wants from you. Not your own decisions, not your own path, not what you want. But you are controlled by God's will. What a great resolution. To walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. To be pleasing to Him. What a great resolution, a great commitment to make for the coming year. How can you be successful with, if you choose to do those two things this year? Well, it tells us in verse 11 how we can be successful. If that is your goal and your passion for this year. It says in verse 11, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. How can you be successful with those two commitments with God's power? What happens to New Year's resolutions all the time? Why do they fail? People think they're going to do it in their own strength, in their own passion, their own muscle, their own toughness. And that fails. And if you try to do the same thing with these two commitments, being filled and walking in a manner, you'll fail too. But if you seek God's strength, if you seek God's power, if you seek Him, because I know for a fact these things will be, bring Him glory and honor, He will empower you to be successful with these commitments in your life. As we begin another year, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you this year to spend more time in His Word so that you know what His Word says. I want to challenge you to spend more time in Bible study. I want to spend more time in Sunday school class. Spend more time in worship. Make a commitment to be here every Sunday that you could possibly be here. You see, by doing those things, you are increasing in the knowledge of God. I pray you'll have that same passion for God. I pray that you'll have a passion that you will just ask the Lord to fill you with His knowledge. Well, you say, I'm, I'm too old and you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I can tell you, there's plenty in this Word that you don't know. There's plenty in this Word that I don't know. God will bless when you get involved in His Word. And once you have that knowledge, and once you've been filled and controlled by that knowledge, then walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Be obedient to what God's Word 
has told you. Trying to please him with everything about your life. Trying to perform good works for others and increasing in his knowledge. Doing it all in the strength of the Lord. So that's my challenge to you today for this coming year. Do you have a passion to be filled with God's Word? I hope you do. If you don't, I'm going to be praying for you anyway. Do you have a passion to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord? To live a life that is more Christ-like than you have right now. Will God bless that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Tricia, as you come up, one more verse. is Proverbs 16, 3. And it says this. Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Commit your works to the Lord. Commit what you do to the Lord. And he says, and your plans will be established. Your plans will be successful. God will bless those plans because those plans have come from him. So there's your challenge for this new year. I hope and pray many will accept that challenge as we grow in the Lord. As Trisha begins to play in our invitation time comes, let's bow our heads please and close our eyes. Every one of you have been challenged today. My prayer is that you will ask God to give you the power and the strength to accept the challenge to be filled with His Word and to walk in a, in a manner worthy of the Lord, to be more Christ-like every day so that He might get the glory. I'll let you pray.